Hey guys and gals, welcome in. I'm Johnny Horror, here to introduce this week's episode in which I had the pleasure of sitting down with my buddy Kalen Behrman to discuss the fifth and final outing of Indiana Jones. In the episode, we talk about our history with Dr. Jones, the first time we each saw an Indiana Jones film, uh, what we liked about this flick, what we didn't like about this flick, and whether or not we thought it was an appropriate send-off for the famous archaeologist. So go ahead, sit back, relax, enjoy the pod, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Johnny Horror, and this is the Johnny Horror Podcast. Welcome back to the Johnny Horror Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Horror, and with me tonight, my guest of honor, returning uh, guest uh, slash co-host, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Kalen Behrman. What's up, Johnny? How are you, sir? Living the dream, brother. I feel you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's nice that you don't have to, to, to travel this time. You can do the do the thing from the comfort of your own home, huh? Yeah, a little less driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I always feel like the the drive here is never bad. It's always the drive home at like three thirty in the morning after you know we've uh, been <laughs> yes. talking for four and a half hours, or making my girlfriend come pick me up. Yeah, there's that too, which is you know she's a doll. But usually, if that's the case, then you had a fair amount of liquor and you can't tell the difference anyway. So. That's right. That's right. I'm sleeping on the way home. Uh, well, um, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, this is just kind of like a uh, really a one-off. I do feel like it's a genre picture and, you know, all, obviously all the uh, Indiana Jones leading up to this have, you know, some horror elements in, in some way, shape, or form. So I do feel like it does fit into our podcast. That being said, um, uh, usually when I sit down with you, uh, we talk about any number of things that uh, you know are either horror adjacent or have nothing to do with horror, just because we we have great conversations. So uh, thanks for being here, buddy. Um, I just want to jump right into it. Um, uh, in, in the film, Indiana Jones is uh, brought out of retirement for one last adventure. Um, and yeah, I mean, we will probably get a little spoilery here. We're definitely going to get spoilery here. So I do yeah. suggest that you have seen this movie if you care about what happens in this uh, uh, picture. And if you don't care and you just want to listen to us talk, well, God bless you. And, uh, you know, proceed with caution. Um, Kalen, when you first, actually, let's, let's, let's take it back just a little bit, a little bit further back. Um, give, uh, give me a brief history of your, uh, relationship 
with uh, the Indiana Jones movies? Um, so I watched the original three movies um, with um, my grandmother, my dad's mom. She wow. likes to show me. She well, she. I watched a lot of influential movies with her. Like, she was the person who first showed me like Superman the movie, like the Richard Donner movie, or like the um, Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of movies with her, um, and she was always trying to put on movies that she thought would entertain a very small boy. So, you know, Indiana Jones is is uh, right there. So I watched the original three movies with her as a very little boy. I'm talking like four years old. Wow. And I remember rewatching them again at maybe like five, six years old with um, another family member in aunt of mine, actually my dad's uh, sister. I rewatched them. And then I remember playing Indiana Jones as a kid in the schoolyard. <laughs> um, and then I was actually really disconnected from the movie series for a long time. I didn't watch it in my preteens or my teens. Um, and I came back to it later as an adult and was like, fuck, <laughs> I love these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, yeah, really the movies? Did as a young boy were you scared of any of the the darker elements? Oh yeah, movies? big time, big time. Scared and and generally traumatized. Like even the ones we think of as being pretty tame, like are still very violent. Mm-hmm. Like Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark are still pretty violent for a four year old boy. You know what I mean? Oh, um, absolutely. But yeah, Temple of Doom is outright terrifying. Um, if uh. You know, you're four or five years old. Yeah. Temple of Dune's scary. I don't know if you can hear fireworks going on outside of my house. It sounds like a, a gunfight. Oh, they're still going, huh? Yeah, dude. I'm in Oxnard. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, just uh, God bless them. You know, they're God, bl- God bless them. God bless America. Um, what could you ask for? But yeah, um, no, uh, Temple of Dune particularly was definitely terrifying when I was little. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I saw I I saw them like all out of order, just like the most ass backwards way you could watch any of the Indiana Jones movies. I saw my dad showed me Last Crusade. I I imagine I was probably about six or seven, so that's the one I saw first. Okay. And you know me and my upbringing, like yeah. like Snow White and the Seven Doors was scary as fuck. I mean. It, yeah. In, in all fairness, that that which is pretty creepy, but you yeah, know, like, yeah. that is like legit levels of terror for me. Uh, so at the end of Last Crusade, uh, I was given zero warning, absolutely zero warning about what was going to happen to our <laughs> antagonist, and mm. I shit you not, I got up and ran around the living room in circles. <laughs> screaming bloody murder as Donovan <laughs> was being turned into a skeleton. Like, I could not, like, my brother and I shared a bedroom. We were in a bunk bed uh-huh. at this stage in my life, and that wasn't good enough for me. I had to sleep in the same bed as him for, like, a week. <laughs> I, was, I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. Uh, the guy who plays Donovan uh, actually has a bit Part in Empire Strikes Back is one of the commanders uh, attacking uh, Hoth. Uh, and, like, it scared me to see him. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's how traumatized I was by this. I, uh, then a couple of years later, he shows me, um, he shows me Raiders. And 
this this probably about two years later because I remember I had a little uh, Lego set uh, from Phantom Menace uh, that I was playing with that I had uh, bought, and I had a much much better memory with that i love the hell out of raiders my dad gave me warning this time and told me when not to look at the end how uh, old were you for that one huh how old were you for that one for raiders i was, I was nine i was nine oh, okay that's a perfect age to watch raiders of the lost yeah. ark yeah. yeah um and i remember my dad my dad even told me this is great uh he's like when indiana jones says look away he said Look away. Look away. That's Don't look. Perfect. And I, like that was that was so good. Um, because mm-hmm. like as an adult, like or like as a as a teenager, you know, when I when I finally got got the gumption to to watch the whole scene play out when Indiana Jones says don't look, I felt like I was breaking the rules and that right. made it that much cooler. Right. Um, That's so cool. I like that. And yeah, then I didn't then I uh eventually saw um temple leading up to kingdom of the crystal skull like i couldn't have even seen like even if i had seen temple first you know that's the yeah. prequel so right there could have been some but i mean I right. you didn't even do it in that order yeah in, in the worst order possible but right. um yeah and um were you by the time you got back into them you said you kind of uh, fell off the train and then got back back into them as an adult during that that period was kingdom of crystal skull was that in the lead up to kingdom of the crystal skull or did you see that after the fact did you see that one in theaters yeah yeah i went and saw it um i imagine i got back into indiana jones maybe because of that Mm -hmm. that might have been the the catalyst um but um i was very I, i was one of the people who was very disappointed in that movie yeah um, but I think that reignited like, oh, I really love these original three movies a lot. Yeah. Um, so when I saw King of the Crystal Skull, I actually have a great like memory of, of seeing it. Like I saw, like went and saw it like the, the Saturday after it, like, like it opened on a Friday <laughs> and then I saw it the, the next day. Um, I went with, uh, my, my drama teacher who was like a, a, essentially a surrogate father to me i don't talk about him like hardly at all in this not much no he is actually like one of the like biggest biggest influences in my life um because he taught me how to act like really taught me how to act and you know we would sit and talk movies and you know like i said very much became you know after my parents split and I was in high school and everything and my dad wasn't around as much. He was definitely someone who was always talking to me and, you know, talking to me about movies, talking to me about life. But I would every now and then, like, he'd be like, Hey, you want to go see this movie? I'd be like, fuck yeah, I want to go see this movie. So we went and saw it uh, on a Saturday morning. It was like one of those fun things where like, you're fucking eating. Like, I mean, I'm still like a high school kid and, you know, I have a, a, a mother who's, you know, somewhat responsible and I don't eat candy at 11 o'clock in the morning, but I was eating candy <laughs> right. and popcorn at 11 o'clock in the morning. It was really fun. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty good. We, we both walked out of it, like enjoying it. Like it was a fun movie going experience. I'm sure he would, I think he does feel very differently about it now, if I remember right, but we both walked out of it, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I even liked it quite a bit. Like, 
but it, it there there was certainly something missing in that there was if for nothing else i walked out of it going well like nobody's face melted or right. died. no one died like terribly horrific deaths so that was like a big kind of like uh-oh thing for me and obviously the more time has gone on the more i look back and go hey we they definitely missed the mark on yeah. that yeah. um i think a lot of that has to do with Honestly, I think a lot of the misgivings with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull comes down to Steven Spielberg's heart not really being in it. Yeah. Um, it sounded uh, to me, uh, not to interrupt you, it sounded no, to no, me no. a little bit like he wasn't really into that script. Mm-hmm. Because no. he, had, he had wanted to make um, the Frank Darabont's um, yeah. City of the Gods. And it sounded like he and Harrison Ford had been pretty into that. Um, and I wonder if that had to do with it. Like he just didn't believe in the script as much. I don't, I don't have any source on that. I just, so, I wonder if that had to do with it. Um, I got to reference my, my guys over at Halloweenies, um, because they've done an extensive, uh, series on the Indiana Jones films and they, they talk, uh, <clears throat> quite a bit about the, Really, George Lucas really forcing it to be about about aliens and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I think while I do believe, um, from what I from what I can tell from what Halloweenies discussed, Darabont's script is is fairly close to. Hi, pup. Uh, <laughs> script is uh, fairly close to what we got. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just more of an indiana jones picture there's uh-huh. more like like the the ants sequence for instance they they said mm-hmm. that like you see like flesh getting ripped off and stuff like that mm-hmm. obviously if it's a darabont script right you're dealing with much better dialogue too and that's just, right that's just gonna be um part of it um and if i remember right in darabont script there there is no son marion mm-hmm. is there um that's right no it's it's a daughter yeah, it's there's it's a 13 year old daughter. Yeah, I think. So, I think if I'm wrong, people will go ahead and call me out on that. But I think it was that there was a 13 year old daughter in one version of the script, at least. I remember yeah, something like I, that. I, I, in Darabont's script, I'm almost positive it was. I, I'm pretty sure it's just Marion, and she has um, it's something to do with her. She she just she has more to do in it, and I okay. don't think I. Don't think there's a there's a child. There's not a child. Okay. In that one, but maybe I'm thinking uh, of a different script. Yeah. Um, either way, <clears throat> if Darabont knows not only how to direct, he knows how to write. He knows so. how to write. I, I have uh, a very high opinion of, of Darabont. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I actually, I have a high opinion of David Kep, who did the um, who did this the script for Crystal Skull. Well, I yeah, just think, yeah, and I don't mean yeah. to throw Lucas under the bus. I just think that Lucas was giving him a lot of bunk assignments in that script you know again if i can reference halloweenies who are you know who have done quite a bit of research in their their material they basically said that david kep said he would get notes from lucas bring him to spielberg and then get notes from spielberg and bring him to lucas and try and find a a middle ground doesn't sound doesn't sound enjoyable even at the least um 
Yeah, I really feel like when I watch that movie and just when I think about Steven Spielberg, like it just and we've talked about this, like it it feels like you know, Spielberg's in a time in his life where those movie those that type of movie is not particularly interesting interesting to him anymore. So it it very much feels like he's kind of doing one last hurrah for his his buddy George Lucas and Harrison Ford is on board because essentially Spielberg's on board. Like I know like he likes working with both George Lucas and Spielberg, but I think he, he's not going to do it if Spielberg isn't, isn't on board, you know? Yeah. Um, so with all of that said, when Disney announces their, um, plans to bring Indiana Jones back all the way in 2016, I believe. Um, were you optimistic? I wasn't optimistic, but the original plan was that Spielberg was going to make the movie. Uh-huh. I was always going to be hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I um, was going to go see it and I was going to hope for the best. Yeah. And... I think it was all the way up until 2020. It was right before the pandemic hit, I believe, that they announced that James Mangold was going to be taken over. Uh, right. What? How did you feel about that? Um, that actually, so that actually made me excited for the project um, because it felt like Spielberg wasn't really into it, mm-hmm. and I felt like James Mangold as a sort of disciple of of Spielberg as a a young man who went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981 in movie theaters. And you know what I mean? Probably a guy who that had a large influence on him as a filmmaker. I just had a feeling he was going to, he was going to take a really impressive swing at it. And like, I don't know that you can definitively say that James Mangold has ever done a bad movie. Um, Uh, I mean, he's one of the more impressive, consistent and versatile filmmakers in the game. He's really like, he is um what's what's the word for it where he's just he's very like almost unassuming as a filmmaker that's that's just for lack of a better word like if you were to list like the top five filmmakers like right now making films like yeah. uh you think uh Chris Nolan and even um mm-hmm. like you you think of these kind of like these big name guys but he is just consistent like he's consistently like either good or great yep um which is uh is a pretty hard thing to do it's really hard it's really Uh, hard hollywood yeah i mean spielberg has some he's laid a couple of eggs you know what i mean and he's the goat but he's laid a couple of eggs yeah james mangold doesn't really lay eggs I feel like there's like one, I feel like there's, I'm trying to look right now and see there's like, I feel like there's one movie that, um, that I would argue is not, no, oh fuck, he directed Identity? Holy shit, I love Identity, (laughs) I fucking love Identity. Yeah, dude, man builds awesome. Uh, dude, he even, like, dude, this man, insane, like, like. Westerns, yep. uh, romantic comedies, horror yep. movies, sports dramas, <laughs> uh, like 
Marvel movies. Like, what the Ma- shit, cop, man? Cop movies, everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. He'd do the whole thing. Um, God bless him. Yeah, like, even Night and Day, the, the Tom Cruise, uh, Cameron Diaz one, which I would argue is not great, still has one of the best lines of dialogue ever uttered on film where Tom Cruise is like, nobody move, or I kill myself and then her. <laughs> 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 um, dude, three ten the three ten to Yuma remake is is excellent. It's a masterpiece, dude. I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, great movie. Um, before we jump too far, and I don't want to spend too much time here, uh, but since we're talking about Mangold and all this lead up to it, obviously Logan is mm-hmm. arguably like. The Dark Knight and, and yeah. Logan, like yep. it's yep. it's it's right there within a hair. Um, yep. as far as greatest comic book movies ever made. Totally. Um, what did you think of the Wolverine? Because I I think there's a lot of things to like about that movie, but I think there's also a lot of things to not like about that movie. Well, I I think I clued you in when I said I think it can be argued that Mangold never made a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Wolverine's a bad movie. I think that it has some weaknesses. I think there's one studio. Um, requisite scene in there that really doesn't work uh, at the end of the movie. You know, the the samurai, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? The, is it in the, the third the, act? The, the robot? CGI robot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. So that was, that was a studio mandated scene and I don't think it works, but like out, like around that, I feel like most of the movie is is like quite good. Yeah, actually, that that is the one thing when I think about that movie that I'm like, that's yeah, not, so, not, so not good. good thing. But yeah. everything else, like, it's you see Hugh Jackman who is coming off of uh, Wolverine Origins, which is arguably one of the worst superhero oh. movies ever made. One uh, of the worst movies I've ever seen, in my my personal yeah. opinion. Um, and. He he's he's almost he's he's so close like it's like almost perfection. He does Days of Future Past after this, which is which is my personal favorite X Men movie. Not like Logan. Logan is something else. Logan is right. something right. else entirely. Right. But yeah. uh, Days of Future Past is like just mwah. um. But yeah, I do think the the Wolverine has has a lot to like in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what about uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Are you a fan? I loved it. Oh man, that's that. I like, loved it. I, I, I don't particularly care about racing movies, but man, I don't care about racing at all. Like I'm not a I'm not a racing person. And God, what a well crafted picture. Um, I, I had to talk my girlfriend into it, and she was like very resistant for like two weeks. And finally, I was like, "If you want me to watch it without you, I'll just watch it without you." You know what I mean? And she's like, "No, it's fine. Let's give it a try." And she loved it. Yeah, that's uh, it was uh, I took I took Brian on a date to go see that for his nice. birthday, and it was just one of those ones. It was just like, I think we wanted to go see it because it, you know, we always like liken ourselves to different characters in movies sure. and TV shows, and yeah. the the scene where Christian Bale and Matt Damon are fighting, like you see that <laughs> in the trailer. The bread. Like, All right, well. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go see it just for that, and then we ended up being like, "Fuck, that was a." really fucking good movie um and obviously walk the line i walk the line man you know it's weird because if you look he does girl interrupted Mm -hmm. in 
1999, which mm-hmm. gets major acclaim uh, for for its its acting performances, obviously. Um, and then in 2005, also gets major major acclaim for acting performances. And one could argue that you know uh, James Mangold is a, a an actor's director, right? Yep. Like absolutely. Um, I feel like if you're gonna have just consistently great performances in movies it's you have to have a good director you know getting what he wants out of his actors so um but yeah i i'm right there with you when it was announced spielberg wasn't doing it anymore i was like fuck nothing good can come from this and then when it was james mangold i was like fuck I think I'm more excited now than I've ever been for it. That was my exact reaction. I was like, oh, if, if Spielberg's not even doing it, I don't even care. And they're like, it's James Mangold. And I was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Pull the rug out from underneath me. Yep. Um, all right, man. Let's let's just talk about it. Uh, you saw this movie on opening night, right? Opening night. Okay. I saw it a couple of days later because I have a child. Rick, <laughs> there's only so much I can do. Um <laughs> It was getting to a point where, like, like I had asked Celeste, like, we could go see it on Thursday or Sunday, and she's like, "Let's try for Sunday." And she didn't, she didn't like mention it again, didn't mention it again. And I knew we had other stuff to do that day, so I was like, "Dude, if she doesn't like say anything about it, I'm just gonna go see it by myself within the next mm-hmm. couple of days." And she like brought it up to me that morning. She's like, "Yeah, my mom said she'd watch the kid. Like, let's go." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, we're gonna go see Indiana Jones." I even like nudged her. Like, like, cause we both love Indiana Jones movies and it was like, mm. you know, right when the thing was starting, I was like, babe, babe, we're, we're getting ready to see our first Indiana Jones movie together. And she's like, no, we saw the other one in theaters together. And I was like, no, that came like, out in nope. 2008. That was like a year before we got together. Right. I was like, oh, I must've seen that with Tom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, in most marriages, that would be like a deadly fight right there. I love that for you guys. That's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just I I got a kick out of it because she does this so many times. She's like, oh, I've watched that movie with you. We just watched it like the other night. She was like, didn't we just watch this? I was like, I've never seen this movie. She's like, no, I, we just watched it like a few weeks ago. I was like, I've never seen this movie. I don't know what to tell you. You're like, I'm sorry, it's your other husband. I, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> confusing me with somebody else i, I don't know you know uh, one of your many suitors what's a guy to do uh, <laughs> no um uh so first thoughts when you when you walked out of the the theater what what was what was the vibe after you got done seeing dial of destiny um a mixture of of excitement and uh, some frustration. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was frustrated because there was a number of creative decisions that I just I wouldn't have made, mm-hmm. and that I would have just done a little differently. Um, and I was just a little bit irritated about a couple of decisions. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, I mean, I liked the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was kind of, I think I was kind of like, I'm, I sort of really want to watch this again. Yeah. And I sort of still kind of feel that way. Like I'm really looking forward to watching this movie again. 
Um, and I've actually been looking forward to this conversation because I, I want us to kind of comb through our thoughts on this movie a little yeah. bit and, and digest a little bit how we feel about it. Yeah, it was one of those things that I thought about a lot the night of, and then I really haven't thought about it since. And like, mm-hmm. even even when like I was you know <laughs> doing the dishes like right before we we hopped on this this uh, this call, and I was just like, hey, I talked to Kaylin, and I was like. And then somehow just like Indiana Jones popped in my brain. I was thinking of the two things separately. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, you know, we're going to, got to do this thing with Kalen and da 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 da. And it's like Indiana Jones. And I was like, oh, I really want to talk about, oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like it just like the two things kind of like, you know, were separate in my brain. And I got excited when I kind of like kept on remembering that, yes, this is what, this is what we're going to talk about. Right. Um, well, as we're, as we tend to do on this podcast, we'll just uh, start with the good stuff. Give me, give me a couple of things you've liked about this movie right out the gate. Um, performances. I thought um, Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller bridge, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Hallbrook, and anyone else I'm forgetting uh, were fantastic in the movie. I love the performances all the way around. Um, I love, I fucking love the opening. I love the train. Yeah. The, the, the DH 1940s sequence in the movie. I fucking loved that. Yeah. Like I adored it. I, I would have watched a whole movie of that. Really? Um, Yes. Very much so. And I, um, Sandy joked with me after the movie that when that sequence ended and there was a momentary blank screen, she was going to lean over and say, well, that's the best Indiana Jones movie I've ever seen. Like as if that had been the whole movie. Um, I yeah, dude, I fucking love that sequence. I thought that was that was some of the the most fun Indiana Jones action, and I thought that was the a great um, look at sort of modern Indiana Jones action as it it would be shot and and done today. Um, because you know, part of the uh, appeal of the old movies is that they like Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in nineteen eighty one. You yeah. just you didn't have the same tools to make films then as you do today, yeah. and that's part of the appeal. Like that's part of the fun is that it's it's all practical and it's all done very practically. But um, there's a certain there's a certain scope of action you're able to do today that you just yeah. couldn't have done in 1981. That was really fun to see that in an Indiana Jones movie. Um, in in a good way, right? We're yeah. not talking like you know monkeys and you know Shia LaBeouf like. Exactly. Well, that's that's my point. Is in that one we got like Shia LaBeouf like swinging on vines with monkeys, and we got like you know silly shit like that. Um, yeah. We got the the we got some bad VFX in that movie, and we got some silly sequences that didn't work. And this one, I felt like we were getting the kind of badass sort of grounded Indiana Jones action sequences. Yeah, but with not, with the modern not, technology, not. There's don't get me wrong. There's always an element of fan fantasticalness. Of course, of course. Indiana Jones films, but you know, King of the Crystal Skull just, for all intents and purposes, through and through, just feels like such a cartoon in so many ways. Um, Particularly that that second half of it. Um, But um, yeah, I I uh, I. I'll I'll save my my thoughts here in a minute. Why, why don't you hit me with uh, maybe one or two other things that you really really liked about it? 
Um, I like the early action. Like when we get started in, in, in the modern day, I like the early action. I like the, the chase in New York and the, the tuk tuk chase scene. Um, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Um, I thought the movie was super well shot. I thought the visuals looked great. Like, um, I love the way, um, like dude, the shot of, uh, Helena riding her motorcycle towards the airplane. I yeah. wanted to I wanted to stand up and clap in the movie theater. I, I love that shot so fucking much. Yeah. And um and you know, I liked that this movie had a story and was trying to be about something. Yeah. I, I think that um that was a bold decision, but it's one that I'll I'll always err on the side of the filmmaker that that wants to make a movie about something and has something to say. Um, yeah, this is, very much, this is very much a movie about about getting old. It's very much a movie about um, dealing with trauma. It's very much a movie about finding purpose. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked that. Yeah, yeah. And I have I have some thoughts about a how the the movie handled that, and b how like I think it could have improved upon that. But we'll get to that um, momentarily. Uh, far as goods i'm right there with you uh as far as the performances are concerned i think um where i i feel that a lot of people like like for instance when force awakens came out people like the thing one of the big things that people said was like harrison ford's performance in the force awakens they're like that feels like han solo in a way that it didn't feel like indiana jones in the kingdom of the crystal skull yeah, not to say I don't ever. I would never accuse Harrison Ford of phoning it in. I don't think it was his performance so much as as it was direction and writing and things that were very much not Indiana Jones. It was the movie, yeah. yeah. Um, where this like, dude, in the after after the opening train sequence, and we're just spending a little bit of time with present day Indiana Jones. Like, I felt myself wanting to cry because I'm looking at, like, one of my heroes in the last, like, period of his life, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, his prime is so far past him, and I'm just, like, thinking about him in that opening shot of him turning around in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and there is this like god of a man before you and now you see like the mortality catch up and i just think his how he is in this and how just grounded and believable like i feel all the the emotions that he's going through at any given point in time um and it's very much like a a, an adventure that he just does not want to go on you know um and I kind of like that aspect of it. It's just him trying to, you know, do do right by, you know, his his dead friend and and then maybe trying to right a couple of wrongs in his past and not let everything go to shit. It's nothing he's not feeling compelled to go chase this this item, this artifact to to, you know, for the love of the game, basically. It's it's yeah. something that he's, you know, really trying to stay out of. Um, <clears throat> I agree. Uh, I like... Um, 
I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think she did a good job. I have, I have a, a lot of complicated feelings just about that character and the necessity for that specific character in this film. Uh, that being said, I think she she does she does well. She has good chemistry with Ford. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is uh, I. It's scientifically impossible for that man to turn in a bad performance. Like it sure. just if, yep. if if it happened, things time would start turning backwards. <laughs> um, Cats would be living with dogs, and all hell break, would break loose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I've had uh, a rock hard boner for Boyd Holbrook ever since Logan. So, sure. like that that man just oozes charisma, and like it's pretty like like just still like kind of playing like the same type of character, but oh yeah, is immensely unlikable. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. doing too much different, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that's just little little character stuff like that, and even like his costume and and shit, like you know, which you know that's obviously the costume department. That's not performance, but just little things like that that just kind of make him like this guy's just kind of a turd, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I like that, you know, even though he he does kind of put off this this machismo vibe, he never once does he feel like he's um, like a threat in the way like some other, uh, you know, side villains have ever been. You're always just kind of looking at this guy like, God, what, what a twerp, you know? Um, and I like that. I like that he's not, as an actor, he's he knows his place, you know, in the story. He's not overselling it. He's, he's playing the role, you know? Um, uh, I I felt in this way, and I told you this that this movie just feels like an Indiana Jones movie. It's some about they're going places, they're doing stuff. It doesn't feel like they're in a fucking studio the entire time. They're actually at a lot of these places doing a lot of these things. It has a sense of adventure to it, um, and um. The cinematography is just beautiful. Like, it is just a pretty, pretty picture to look at. Um, and I really like, I really, really like the ending. Again, if you haven't seen the movie, then just, you know, spoiler warning. But, um, dude, I was I was in tears at the end with him and Marion. Like, when, I, when you realized... Like the, the bit back. that they're gonna do, like that. Yeah, that right there is yep. such. I don't even know if I can call it fan service because it's beyond that. It's just good writing. Yeah, you know. Um, and that was respecting so, your material. Yeah, I mean that was so well done, um, and so well placed that I like to me that took a movie that I thought was was fun and okay to like that is that's a perfect ending for that character you know um what are some things you didn't like talk about let's talk about the shit um uh well i think helena's character probably should have been less of an asshole 
she wasn't a likable enough character. You know, like yeah. there's yeah. very little redeeming qualities for her. Yeah, she's a real dick. Um, she does. I mean, there's a little bit of an arc there. You get the sense that she cares about the little boy. You get the, the sense that that she actually does care about Indiana Jones and is on some level is is um sort of uh resentful of his um lack of of presence in her life right yeah um and i i do like that i like that and i like the relationship with the little boy and i kind of like the whole like indiana jones like oh maybe you're not the cold-hearted capitalist that you you play on tv like maybe there's more to you i like that stuff but ultimately like she's a real asshole and she's a really unlikable character and and i don't think that <clears throat> really fit the goal of the movie totally it's not and this it's just not the way i would have written her myself yeah. Um, and then another problem, which ties into her existence as a character. So in Indiana, okay. In the original Indiana Jones movies, it's about a guy who's like 35 to 40 years old. Mm-hmm. He's in shape. He's in his prime. And he's not like Batman by any means. Like he's not perfect, but he's a badass, and he has to, he has to win by the skin of his teeth. Um, but ultimately he beats the shit out of the bad guy, right? Like yeah. ultimately he gets it done. I like that he's not invincible. I like that his fights with all the big guys are are nail-biting white knuckle experiences. I love all that. That's part of the whole deal, right? But in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, we did this weird thing where we had a 65-year-old Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and we made him more badass than the prime version of himself. Mm-hmm. He was like more like Batman in that movie. And I, I was not super into that. But I feel like this movie this movie had a choice to make, in my opinion. Follow me down the rabbit hole here for just a second. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, go for it. You have an 80-year-old man playing Indiana Jones. So to me, to me personally, and I'm curious if your filmmaking sensibilities can relate to this. You either do – it's Indiana Jones. It's fantastical. He can fight anyway. Or you do – He's 80 years old and he can't really fight anymore. And I felt like what, what Mangold did was he landed in the middle yeah, towards the side of he's 80 and he can't fight anymore, but still further in the middle than I would have gone. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, you need a fighter in the movie. You need a person who can beat up the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. Um, and Phoebe Waller Bridges character, Helena, Helena, however you say that she's not really that. Yeah. She's badass in the sense that she's like sharp and like capable, but she's not like a bruiser of any sort. And so in the second half of the movie, you're left with a lot of really weirdly inconsequential action sequences that don't ever really satisfy in the way that you want an Indiana Jones movie to satisfy. Yeah. And in the second half of the movie, the shape of the movie is like early on, you have big action, big action, big peaks. And then you, we drop down into like a more steady, like storytelling thing. And then there's like a little bit of a peak of action in the back down. Yeah. And that's, that's a very odd shape for a movie. Yeah. And, um, and that the, the, the problem with that, the shape of the movie, the structure, I think also relates to the problem of, well, do you have an 80 year old man or do you have Indiana Jones? Like what, what are we doing with that? Yeah. Also relates to the problem of the character, Helena, being kind of an asshole and not necessarily being the right character for the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, and I agree with <laughs> that. And like I said, I have, I have thoughts about 
I, I have significant thoughts about like what this movie I think could have been and should have been, and you know, like a better story about grief and dealing with regret is somewhere in there. Yeah. But I digress. I um I agree with that. There is a weird, there's a very weird I don't want to say necessarily pacing because I do feel like the movie flows very well. Like I, I do well, think yeah. there's 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 a story being told and it is told fairly well. But as in terms of action, I agree there is a certainly a weird. Uh, it, it's definitely front loaded. Yep. Uh, very much so. Uh, you know, for better or worse, at least we're not. You know, again, like I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the good action is. Front loaded. Front loaded, yeah. Um, uh, I think, you know, without getting too off track, this is just something I wanted to say. One of the things I really do like about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, we we're kind of touching about like Indiana Jones being like 65 in that one. Like, I really, 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 really like the, um, the Area 51 sequence. I think that's that's as good as that movie ever gets. Yep. Um, and I like, I think that's also where Indiana Jones feels the most Indiana Jones in that movie. And it's just a beautiful set piece and, you know, yeah. has a fun little callback to the original. Um, but yeah, for better or worse, I don't necessarily mind this, this picture ending on a more like quiet note. I think it, it suits the the character but i agree with you that maybe there there is just a weird little blip somewhere in that last 75 to 80 percent of the movie where i feel like there should have been a little bit more and as far as like storytelling and writing and and characters are are concerned you're, you're absolutely right um i think i think they they were very conscious to not make Indiana Jones an invalid, um, right. which honestly at this stage in his life with everything that he's been through, he probably would be. Um, uh, but yeah, I do think that had we had maybe, maybe someone who was a little bit more of a go-getter again, they probably didn't want to make anyone that was too like Marion, you know, someone who is that, you know, full blown. So I, I can, I can I can certainly appreciate their what their thinking would have been in that regard, but I agree there should have been someone who could who could you know dust up with with the best of them. You, you need someone to fight the bad guys mm -hmm. in this kind of movie. Yeah, like I, I like and I and like I genuinely sorry my dog is asking. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I genuinely respect James Mangold's storytelling sensibilities. And and what he was trying to do here, I do. I and I think highly of the guy, and I I like what he was trying to do. But like when you're making an Indiana Jones movie, there needs to be someone that can punch the bad guys, and yeah. there needs to be a little bit more bad guy punching at the end of the movie. Yeah, there just does. There, and there could have been simple ways to do it. You could have had the the big character, the big guy, mm -hmm. who ended up dying because the kid unlocked the thing and locked him on the thing and swam away. Like you could have had him not die in there and you could have had him confront indiana jones in rome and done like a fight sequence there him and the big guy or like on the plane you could have done something like that or yeah. that's just like that's just like an example off the top of my head 
Yeah. But like you could have thrown something in there, some kind of confrontation and created more suspense at the end and more action at the end and had the, the shape of the movie fit a little bit better. And then also have that moment at the end with Marion, which by the way, we didn't, I didn't get back to this, but I totally agree with you. I love the ending. Yeah. Um, I love the ending. Um, but like that ending, if that had come after a more serious high tension um, climax with greater peaks of action, like if you're coming into that ending pumped, from the action sequence before it, man, you know what I mean? I think people would have left the theater with a different feeling if, yeah. if you had won that. And I think that they didn't quite deliver that. Um, anything else that's like a big, was a big no, no for you. I don't think so. I think yeah. that's it. I didn't, I didn't totally, I didn't totally think the kid um, earned his keep in the movie, but uh, yeah, he was one of those things. I was like, "What the fuck is this kid still <laughs> yeah. doing? Here? What's this kid doing like, here?" The kid was there to ground Helena, like, but yeah, but yeah, like, I he didn't earn his own he key. Had a Jones picture, but like, come on, you are no short round, motherfucker. Like, exactly, exactly. Uh, so this is—I just want to say real quick. This is something I said to Sandy. Was I was like, the thing about short round is that he worked beautifully in that movie because you got lightning in a bottle, yeah. right? You got you got the right kid at the right time with the right script with the right director. I get wanting to try and catch that short round magic again, but you can't because you don't have him. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And this kid felt like a preteen kind of douchebag. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so like, like don't get me wrong. Like I, I, the, the performance is great and everything. Just like the, the character himself. I'm like, you're, you're, you're superfluous. Like, right. Like guys, you could have saved like $10,000 by not having that kid in this movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> This is one of the most expensive movies of all time. And you were like, hey, you know what? We'll find somebody else to do the two things that you do in this movie, you know? Right. Um, right. Uh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's like one of my negative things, too. I, I, I got to come. Uh, I got to, you know, uh, come to blows with you. The the uh, opening for me while while a lot of fun i i had a rough time with the uh the de-aging you know i'm hearing and, people say that man and i mean that i don't like get it i'm i will say like there's a there's some really good stuff in there um the big thing that i was like right out the gate before like i was like dude before, like there's a line of dialogue spoken i know what's gonna happen like i know this is you know gonna be you know, pre-old Jones is going to be in the past and everything. I was like, if he sounds like old Indiana Jones, that's going to do it for me right there. I'm, that's yeah. going to be a big, like, you know, take me out. And the, his very first line of dialogue, not all of them, not all of mm -hmm. them by any means, but his very first line of dialogue was like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, was yeah, like yeah, fuck, there it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, like I said, there's some really great work done in there. Um, there are moments where I, I felt like there was like a, a bobbing head almost. Um, I like the sequence. I agree with you. It feels like I totally pictured this like happening. Like, I don't know, like what, like six, six to eight months after like the last crusade. It mm -hmm. feels like it's it's very close to that 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 time period. It's, um, well, it's it's set at the end of World War II, so it's it's 
more like six, seven years later. Oh, really? Really? Because yeah. that, that what, God, when is the last crusade? Like, when does that one take place? I think 38. Oh, damn. Then, yeah. be about seven years later. Yeah, because because last crusade is like a year after Raiders or something like that. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Pardon me. Um, uh, well, that makes it even more interesting. Um, I, I, the, the thing with the, the character of Mads Mikkelsen, like, I really kind of would have liked it if he had been more of, like, not not like an actual villain like and they it, it almost set him up to be this way in the beginning too where i agree like maybe he's gonna go back and try and fix things maybe he's gonna do something differently you know and it could still upset the fabric of time i feel like they did it on purpose don't you yeah i i really feel like there there was a like, I was like, we've had enough, like, full-blown bad guy Nazis. Like, this is an opportunity. I, I really feel like maybe maybe it was just hopeful thinking, but, like, I really kind of wanted them to do something a little bit differently with, with him. I felt like I felt like they might have even been intentionally teasing that, though. Yeah. Like, maybe he won't just be some evil Nazi bastard, and then and then he, he definitely Guys. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm, I'm hallucinating, but. Yeah, man, I really feel like there was breadcrumbs of that there, particularly in that opening. Like, I was, like, watching it, watching the trailers and stuff like that. I was like, man, I hope they do something different. And they really laid those breadcrumbs in the beginning. And I was like, man, I really hope that they do something yeah. different. Like, I think they're going to. And then it was more the same old, same old, um, uh, you know, for better or worse. Um I will say in that opening sequence, when he's hanging off the edge of that train and then gets hit by that pole, I leaned right over to Celeste and I was like, that motherfucker would be cut in half. There's <laughs> no yeah. way in hell that anyone would ever survive that. Um, so that well, that's, was that's, that was why, though, they showed it give. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So when he hit it, he didn't just hit it like that and go down. He hit it and it spun. Okay. So it had give. So there was a little built-in explanation. I mean, he's still probably deader than fried chicken, but you know, there was a, li- a little there's bit that. of verisimilitude built into the scene. Yeah, there's okay, the suspension of disbelief then. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was that was one thing. See, I didn't catch that, and that was one thing I was like, all right, you, you've you've got you've got two strikes against me right here. And <laughs> dude, like you could even ask Celeste, like by no means was I like a grump about it. I was sitting like this with <laughs> yeah. like my hands in on my face and you know, my knees, my, my elbows on my knees, the entire movie, yeah. like just like smiling. I was having fun from start to finish. Um, but so I'll, I'll just, you know, stop burying the lead and I'll just tell you what I think would have made this a better picture. Um, I think that I like, I do like the flashback opening and everything. And I feel like that was, that was pretty necessary to the story, but I wanted another flashback. I wanted a flashback of instead of Mutt, Shia LaBeouf, you know, uh, Indiana Jones' son, 
being you know killed off off screen i don't care what you got to do recast them cgi and then i don't give a shit indiana jones should have been there should have been there when his son died one way or another and the film should have been about him trying to get the dial of destiny and turn back time to save his son it should have been his his obsession that's a wild pitch brother (laughs) And try and fix it. And then it's his whole process of him dealing with grief. And then at the very end, you you do whatever you have to do to kind of, you know, right. yeah. that's, that's like, where the role of Helena could have been dialed in so much tighter to be, you know, the surrogate child that, that she should have been rather than this yeah. antagonistic force. But it becomes, it should have been, there could have been bad guys involved. Like, again, you could have even done the Mads Mikkelsen thing and then had that twist right. of him trying to get the Dial of Destiny to right. to to keep it safe, to, mm-hmm. to not let anybody use it, and have Jones be the one that this, this flipperoo where Jones is the one trying to do it because he's so grief-stricken um, at, at losing his son that he's the one who has tr- who's trying to go back and whatnot. And then that makes that ending with him and Marion even better. And it's it's him coming to terms with not just his old age, but the his failures as a father, basically. And 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 to me, if that's the story, that justifies this movie. It is a beautiful epilogue. And again, like it, it's if you tell that story, you can, you don't need kingdom of the crystal skull to tell, like even this movie I was watching. I was like, they, they did their, they did their legwork. Like you don't need to watch kingdom of the crystal. Skull no, you can skip crystal skull. Yep. what this film is like no, Indiana Jones got married. He had a son and his son died and his marriage fell apart. Like if anything, this film works better without that movie. Yeah. Um, and I would say that it, it still works for that pitch too. Like I, I think there's there's a good there's a there's an even better, more just a quieter story, and you know a a, a very sad but very you know fulfilling ending there. Um. Well, I I, I don't hate your pitch. I get what you're going for there, and I, I definitely think that. Indiana Jones chasing the treasure is more in line with the, you know, the movies as we have, have seen them growing up. So like, I, I feel what you're doing there. Um, it's a little too dark. It's a little too dark. It's it? pretty dark. It's also, it's also, well, here's the thing, dude, is this is an exercise you do that I, I don't typically do this because this is a lot of work. <laughs> and, um, but like you, you are you are willing to be like, okay, I'm gonna bust this movie open at the seams, and think up a completely different movie. You know what I mean? And I I typically don't do that. I typically try and look at exactly what the filmmaker was trying to do, and if I have notes on the movie, it's based specifically on that. You know what I mean? It's based on what did what did like what did Mangold want to do here? So the notes that I would give would be like, hey, you need someone who can throw a punch. You need a little bit more action here. You need to make this character make a little more sense. My notes are a little bit more like that. Um, just because I feel like I feel like pitching a different movie is um well it's, it's tough to do, hard to do because, because, but it is. It's, 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 what's that? 
I said it's foolhardy is what it is. Well, it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a little foolhardy, right? Because then then you got to come up with a whole movie. So it's like, if, if you're going to pitch, well, this would be a better movie, then like, okay, shoot, page yeah. one, like write the movie. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's a lot to do. I see what you're saying, though. I'm, I'm not saying, like, I definitely would have seen that movie that you're describing for sure. Um, well, I mean, this is, this is, you know, again, this is not me like, like sitting down going, ah, ah, this is me watching the movie going, how would I have done this? Yeah, movie? this is like I was like because when they have those beats, that bit about with Harrison Ford, you know, talking about how Mutt died and everything. Like I was like, "What are you guys doing? That's your movie. That is your fucking movie. It's right there." Um, and again, with with Marion at the end, I didn't know she was going to come back. I didn't. I, I didn't either. Hoping that she was going to be it. I didn't get anything and, about the movie spoiled for me. Yeah, that is like that's the best scene in the movie for me. That is mm -hmm. the the scene, like just the two of them together. Um, and her performance in that two minute scene is better than her entire performance in Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> no shots fired. It's just again. It's the that, movie. That's not a good script. And sometimes yeah, it's you the movie. Yeah, it's not the actor. actor. Mm -hmm. Um but uh yeah, so you know, obviously if I was gonna pitch the story, I'd have uh I'd have a little bit more details to work out, but that was just you know me spitballing in something that like again, particularly as a parent watching this and going with with a son, I'm like, yeah, if you if you want to tell a, a thought-provoking story and give justification for this character's final adventure you know you got to make it mean something sure i think that you are a young man with a young son and i think that james mangold is an old man who probably has adult children yeah and he probably thinks about these things differently but sure. his pitch for the movie was it's a movie about getting old and everything that comes with that yeah so it's not just a movie about about grieving about your son, although that's obviously a huge component of the movie. But it's it, the movie's about being old. It's about being invisible, which comes with it. Like a guy like Harrison Ford, who in his prime, everyone paid attention to him, and now nobody even looks at him as he walks down the street. It's about losing not just your son, but but losing other things in your life. You know what I mean? It's about it's about loss in general. It's about aging. It's about losing hope. It's about yeah, I mean, I felt that. purpose like, and, and place, you know. And I mean, I will say one of the things that I really liked about this movie, and I'm not sure everyone likes about this movie, and I don't know if you like about it because we haven't discussed it, but the time jump thing, um, I liked it. Uh, a little, like, little weird, but it's also we haven't seen anything like that in an Indiana Jones movie, and I felt like it the 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 consequences of the the MacGuffin, you know, like I felt like those two things suited each other. Like I liked that realization that, oh no, we've we've gone too far, sort of a deal. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I like do that. like that. I really, really like Indiana Jones sitting on that beach saying, Leave me here. Mm -hmm. And she's like, You gotta come back. And he says, For what? Like I like yep. as a young man, yep. I I still feel that I feel I that do, I you do know. Too. I do too, and I, I like that so, part too. Um, uh, well, yeah. so I didn't. I don't love everything about the going back in time thing. 
I, I kind of would have maybe liked it if we got a little bit less of what was going on in Rome. I, I didn't I need agree. to see Roman soldiers running around and unsheathing their Roman swords and shit. Yeah, there's there again, there's elements about that that I would liken to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the sense that it seemed cartoony and it didn't fit didn't fit the moment. Right. I agree with that very much. But I love uh, I love them flying into the vortex. I love the realization that they're in ancient Rome. Yeah. That was fucking tight. Mm-hmm. Um and I did I did emo- I love the emotional moment of Indy being like leave me like what am I going back for um I would have been pissed if the movie had left him in ancient Rome I'd have been like that's fucking stupid. dude I almost <laughs> dude I I thought they were going to like I know. when she punched I him I was like oh thank Christ like yeah. I thought he was gonna die <laughs> like, He's like, like that's gonna... fucking stupid <laughs> I mean to, to a certain extent there is like a for lack of a better phrase poetic justice to that you uh-huh. know the grave robber gets right to right found, you he know becomes the grave. Uh, yeah. um but uh, yeah, no, obviously there's, like I said, the, where the movie, where the movie ends is, is the best, best part of the film for me. So, mm-hmm. um, where, where do you rank this in your, uh, in your Indiana Jones? I mean, I don't think, I don't think anything touches the top three, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, Right. It's obviously above uh, Kingdom, so yep. you rank it at four, probably. Yeah, um, I rank it at four. How do you? How do you? What's your ranking in general for the uh, the Indiana Jones franchise? <laughs> oh man, I don't I don't uh, talk about this often. Um, my favorite Indiana Jones movie is Temple of Doom. Yeah, because you're an '80s baby, right? <laughs> Uh, I tell you, man, all those 80s kids love that fucking movie so much. <laughs> uh, Temple of Doom is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And um, I I wholesale acknowledge the flaws in the movie. Like I see I, I see them, too. Like I've seen the movie. I know. Like I know that not all the jokes land. And I know that the the romantic lead is not always great. Um, but the good in that movie far outweighs the bad for me. I love how scary it is. I love how different it is. I love how creative it is. I love, I think it's by far got the best action in the series. Um, I think Indy has the best actual character arc in the entire series in that movie, because in the beginning of the movie, it's fortune and glory. And at the end of the movie, it's, I got to save this kid because I love him and I got to save these kids for this village because it's the right thing to do. And it's really the only time we see Indiana Jones be heroic like that. And it's in the darkest movie. Yeah, in the darkest movie, we see him be the most heroic, and it's not in like a cheesy, corny, unearned kind of way. It's in a very earned and, and earnest kind of way. I love that. I fucking love Short Round. I think Ki Huey Quan is a force of nature. I think they got lightning in a bottle with that kid in that movie, um, and I think he works so well in his relationship with Indiana Jones. I love it. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie, Doctor Jones. Hold on to your potatoes. Like I, I fucking love him. I and, said, um, Doctor Jones on a daily basis. There you go, there you go. So that's my (laughs) favorite one. And um, for me, Raiders and um, Last Crusade. It probably goes Raiders, Last Crusade, but those two. It depends on the day you catch me on, and which one I watched most recently. Yeah. How about you? Um, I mean, did you watch my review on Temple of Doom? Uh, yes. Okay. So you know that I I like I vividly remember like 
you know, back in the day, we used to do this really weird thing where you would go to like the library and <laughs> you could you could get movies there, right? That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it seems so weird in retrospect that anyone would ever do such a thing, but like there are actual video stores you go to, but we would we would get movies from the library too, and we would get they were free Indiana Jones movies from the library, and my while I was allowed to see Last Crusade and Raiders, my parents oh would, that's right they would never yeah. let me watch Temple um. To be fair, out of all the things that they restricted me from seeing, Temple of Doom Temple was fair. Makes a little bit of sense, you know? Yep. I can't argue yep. too much on that. But they would also tell me they were like, that one's not very good. It's not very good. It's not it's not nearly as good as the other two. You don't you don't need to, to waste your time with it, basically. They would tell me that. Um, but I would still, because they would bring home the VHSs and whatnot, there was a time they brought home Temple of Doom. And I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I would fucking stare in detail at those Drew Struzan like posters on the VHS, and I would just look at it and make up that movie in my mind, basically. Okay. So making up that movie in my mind, being told that it wasn't as good as the other ones, and then mm -hmm. finally seeing it at, you know, whatever, however old I was, like probably. 17 years old or something like that and knowing that Willie Scott was annoying and that there's like monkey brains and some of the stuff that you know had not aged well to uh, say the least when I finally saw it I was like yeah no that movie wasn't good um, and it was you know when I met my wife and you know she was telling me all these different types of movies she would watch and everything and I would tell her the types of movies I would watch and mine were all blockbusters and hers were all weird movies and when we bonded over Indiana Jones movies she was like yeah no my favorite one is Temple of Doom and I was like ah, that's yeah. fucking right it is She's like no my favorite one is Temple of Doom and I was like mm -hmm. I don't understand and mm -hmm. the more people I met and like the more I've like gotten cultured like so many people particularly 80s kids love Temple of Doom yep. um and I mean, I, I've only seen Temple maybe four, maybe five times in my life now um, with this most recent rewatch. And I was, I was a lot more open-minded on this, this last rewatch and had a lot of fun watching it. Really, really had a lot of fun. Like, and again, you know, my taste in movies, you, I do. you understand my taste in movies. Yep. There is there is no reason in hell why that movie should not be my favorite. Indiana I was going to say I would expect you to love that movie, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, dude, I can't wrap my head around it either. I still really enjoyed it. I had fun with it, but, um, dude, god damn it, I just like. If I think about Indiana Jones, I think about that fucking truck sequence in Raiders, and yep. like that is. It sounds fucking ridiculous, but that's the type of man I want to be. It's the type of man that that is like <laughs> the kind of guy who fights Nazis on trucks. Damn it! I mean, yeah, wouldn't you want to be that? But yes, it's it's the 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 determination mm -hmm. in that sequence, the the never giving up, the the pain that you would have to endure. And the the little bit of glee he gets when he like fucking is like ramming like Belloc and everyone, you know, um, 
yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think about that scene in particular, and, and no, like, no Indiana Jones sequence comes anywhere close to how fucking cool he is in that moment. Like, fucking shot in the arm, like, his entire chest torn up by fucking gravel and everything. Um, Raiders is, is and always will be my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Um, I love Last Crusade because of the the trauma it caused me and because how much fun like and, and you know I watched it with my dad and that's a movie about that's some fathers and sons sons. So yeah. um and Temple Temple is a, a theme park ride, you know? Like it's just fun. It's just ridiculous fun shit that doesn't make sense to me you know i argued in my review i'm like wow there's the poor guy who gets his heart taken out and then is like halfway down the fire pit and he gets set on fire for some reason we don't rip out willie's heart and she goes like 75 percent down to the fire pit doesn't catch on fire she's not one of them they don't rip her heart out because she's <laughs> not one of them you 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 it's justified every you want perfect movie logic plot armor <laughs> that's right at least plot armor um but um you know and, and this this one i just feel like is is a great is a great you know story about a man at a time basically um there's there's a million different details and things that I liked in this and Harrison Ford's performance. I don't know why, like I really wanted like halfway through for him to not be wearing the hat anymore. It's for some, some about that hat and him in that outfit. I was just like, he's, he's just, maybe it's cause he's not that guy anymore. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the thing that I was just like, he just needs to lose the hat. If he just loses the hat, like I can like see him just you know doing doing the whole thing, but um, I don't know. I I did enjoy this movie. I, I do look forward to revisiting it. The more I've thought about it in the days since, the more I look forward to watching it again. The more I, I like like not just like to analyze, but the more I get like excited to watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for what that's worth, a couple of a couple of sleeps have made me um, think of it more fondly and get more excited. So, yeah. yeah. Um, also, you have, no, no, what's up? Oh, just you—you you had mentioned the de aging stuff. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, it's not that I totally can't tell that there's de aging technology there. It's just that, like, in every movie with VFX, I can tell that they're not real. Mm-hmm. So, like, that doesn't take me out of a movie any more than any other scene in any other movie because I, I always know what's real and what's not real, you know? Um, I, I find that to be a really interesting thing when people talk about that. Like, Christopher Nolan, like, oh, I can't deal with, with CGI. It takes me out of the movie. I'm like, I'm aware that the entirety of the movie is not real and that what I'm watching is, you know, an imaginary story shot on a camera. So it, that doesn't affect me as much. But um, I didn't I didn't notice the de-aging technology so much. It didn't really affect me so much. I did notice the voice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a I think that's a totally fair and valid note. But um, and I, I would have used the voice modulator to fix that. Like yeah. that would have been my answer to that. But even then, I think you can justify it and just say, hey, man, Indiana Jones has been spending seven years smoking cigars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And getting punched in the throat. And he just 
sounds like an old guy now. So anyway, I just no, and no, that's that's fine. Like I, I don't think like I don't think the de aging is perfect. That being said, like I always try and put put my myself in like like a person's shoes who sees this you know when they're a kid or something like that because like think of it for us like i i always i you know i always hear people say practical is better blah 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 you know we feel practical effects are better because we were raised on practical effects Mm -hmm. yes they're tangible and sometimes they look more real because they're tangible and sometimes practical effects are better i like i'm a fan of practical effects you know that yes and th- that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like our brains, like all right, well maybe, like it's there. Like it's there. Your brain knows it's there, right? Yeah. You know whether right. or not it looks good or not, it's there. Right. It's there. Um, you know where a lot of kids these days don't like going back to those types of movies because they say it looks fake. And so I try and put myself in the position of like. Like a 10-year-old kid's going to watch this movie and he is going to think that that is young Indiana Jones. There's not going to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And in 30 years from now, 20 years from now, when he watches it, he's going to go, man, those effects look good. And whatever they're doing in the movies at that particular point in time, they go, man, this doesn't look good. Um, And it's all all about perspective. Like, um, I I know that a lot of people think the effects in the Star Wars movies, the prequels, don't look good. But fuck me, man! When I saw that shit, and I they was were amazing. Cool. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's all about perspective, and you know you don't get to say that certain shits better just because it was that way when you grew up that just turns you into an old man yelling at the fucking cloud exactly um yeah uh i mean and i will even tell you that my in-laws like saw this movie on opening night and we were getting ready to go see the movie and like my mother-in-law looked at me and she's like johnny did they film part of this before i was like (laughs) what do you mean Like, did they film this before? I just hurt my neck laughing at that. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. (laughs) It it looks just like him. Uh And that that was one of the things. It just made me smile. I was like, I knew, like, at that that point, I was like, I knew that it wasn't going to look, because I had seen the trailers, and I knew that, like, you know, the Uncanny Valley and stuff like that. Like, I'm, you know, fairly, like, in tune with that. But I was, I, it made me smile because I was like, oh man, like, you know, maybe it's just a group of us. Maybe it's just a handful of us mm-hmm. that don't know, that can't tell the difference. And we're just saying that across the board, this, that, or the other. So that, that made me feel really good that like, you know, there, there are people that just go see these movies just, just for the fun of seeing these movies. And they, they don't give a shit one way or the other. They're just there to have a good time. And you know what? they deserve to enjoy movies too. It's not just for us fucking film snobs, you know? Absolutely. And I still, I still, and I mean, I know you do too, but like, I still have that side of me. Like I'm always analyzing the script and I'm always thinking about like the shots and like all that stuff's going on in one part of my brain. 
There's also a part of my brain though that's always just fucking stoked to be like at the movies. Yes. And I, I never want to lose that. That's important. No. That's, that's why we love this shit to begin with, right? When we were little kids, we weren't like, hmm, how do I feel about this script structure? Like, uh, I don't know if I agree with that that shot. Like, when we were kids, we fell in love with these movies because of these movies, because of these stories. That's why we fell in love with this this art form. And so I, yeah. I think it's important to to keep in uh, in touch with that side of yourself and with people like that. It is It is one of those things, like, I remember, like, I have a vivid memory of, like, uh, two specific viewings one being episode one the phantom menace like seeing that in theaters like walking into like they had built a new movie theater where i lived oh wow and it was the biggest theater i'd ever been to up to that point in my life and that was my first time going to that movie theater and it was the biggest screen i'd ever seen and i was like yeah, just shy of 10 years old. I was it was 1999. So no fuck, I was eight years old when I saw episode one. Okay. Um, and like my mind was blown. Yeah. Like by what I had seen just from a visual perspective. And I thought it was the coolest goddamn thing to ever happen. And I remember a couple of years later when episode two came out. And that feeling of right before the movie started of like me looking at my friends because I got to go see it with like like three of my best friends at the time. And like looking at my best friends and just being like, oh, my God, we're going to see the next Star Wars movie. And yeah. then the, the credits rolled. And I think about that specific feeling almost every time I go to the movies, whether it's a like what sometimes it's me just thinking about that feeling and going, all right, cool. I'm not going to feel that feeling at this movie because this is just a whatever movie that like, I kind of want to see, but mm -hmm. you know, here we are. And then there are, there are times when I'm nudging Celeste going, Hey, this is, this, we're going to see an Indiana Jones. We are. We're right here for like, like, and when it's special like that, like that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why like we do this. That's why we're having this conversation right now. Right because we just love this shit so um yeah and i'm i'm like i i think it's a i think it's a very very well made movie in a and a, a good uh final farewell to the character but better than leaving off with kingdom of the crystal skull definitely definitely yeah. it's a movie I'm, I'm glad we have i'm glad yeah. we have this movie yeah yeah. Um, final ranking if you feel comfortable giving a ranking at this stage in the game ranking what the Indiana out Jones movies out of 10 oh um I don't know if I'm there yet yeah I don't, it's, I don't gonna, know be, it's gonna be over 7 I can tell you that because I like the movie yeah so I was thinking the yeah. same thing yeah I, I was as I was stating the question I was like I don't even know if I could give a, a solid ranking for this yet. It definitely I'm not there yet. Turn eight. Yeah. Well, have you have you ever have you ever had a movie like where like um you maybe didn't like certain things about it, but then over time you cared less about the flaws and more about the positives? Oh yeah, I got a movie, and and we've talked about this movie many times. Okay. Halloween yeah. ends. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I I really feel like this is going to be like that for me. I feel like as time goes on, I'm going to care less about the things that bothered me and a lot more about the things that I like. That's 
the feeling I get. We'll see if that actually happens. But that's that's what I imagine is going to happen with this movie. Because the more I think about it, the more I think about the stuff that I liked. And the more excited I get about the stuff that I liked. Um, one of those movies also that like I was thinking about. This is like we don't have to dive too much into this because it's way off topic. But right. one of those <laughs> movies that like I had a lot of mixed feelings towards, and still have mixed feelings towards, but overall come out on the positive end is uh, Glass. Yep. Um, and that's a really really fun story because we both agree that unbreakable is probably like in the top 10 best comic book movies of all time absolutely um and it's a movie that we talked about at length and then when i took celeste to go see glass um i got this little nudge in my arm and she's like is this is this Kalen sitting right next to me and I lean over and you are sitting right next to us somehow none of us had like seen each other up until this point and we had yeah. both like coincidentally ended up at the same showing uh -huh. class um and I we both just kind of leaned over like so and we're both like it's too soon to tell basically right that's right we did we did uh, i don't know if you're i don't know if you remember this either but you went and saw split before i did and you came out of the theater and you just texted me three texts in a row go see split go see split right now don't read about it just go see split three text messages right in a row i was like i guess i better go see split <laughs> yeah uh I don't remember that, but that yeah. makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, I do and think then when, then when Glass came out, we were in the same theater. Dude, it's pretty, that, pretty that, that's just like you can't you can't make that shit up either. <laughs> yeah. I legitimately thought about it the other day and I just fucking smiled. I was like, how we talked about Unbreakable for years. We talked yeah. about Unbreakable for years. We would go on tangents for hours in the middle of the night about how good that movie is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was thinking, though, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, we got to, like, you and I have to have, like, a separate, just, like, series where we cover each of those movies and talk about Definitely. them. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I think that that's definitely something that we got to do sometime. But, um uh for now um i think uh i think that'll about do it my man i i think uh i will let you go live your life um uh this is gonna be coming out pretty quick i'm gonna have this out within the next uh probably day or so so uh this is gonna be dropping before our very very special podcast that we did with our buddy brian um uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil here, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's coming up soon and I'm very, very excited to, to start dropping those episodes. You're all going to want to hear it. Yeah. I think you're all going to want to hear it. It's arguably the best podcast that, uh, we've put together and that's not like hyperbole. It's just good because it's <laughs> lengthy and, and in depth and I got two great uh co-host with me but um kaylin thank you for joining me talking about indiana jones like, like i can talk about it with
you any day of the week. So obviously you were going to be my first call to talk about this. So, um, and, uh, thank you guys. If, uh, you tuned in, um, appreciate you listening. Uh, you know, uh, share this shit with your friends. Give us a like, give us a follow. And uh, we will see you motherfuckers on the flip side. For now, I am Johnny Horror of the Johnny Horror Show. And uh, my buddy Kalen Behrman, as always, just uh, keeping me in check. So, adios, muchachos. Peace.